0: everyone you are listening to girls just wanna with your favorite girls Katie and Aurelia on this week's episode
1: our special guest is Hannah Strong a meteorologist at WDRB TV in Louisville Kentucky and Hannah answered all of our very weird weather questions
0: yeah from like TikTok <laughs> like we yes. had a lot of, we had a lot of things that we were wondering about, which I don't normally on a regular basis think I have a lot of weather questions, but apparently I do. Or I did, because now they're answered. Well, yeah, that's
1: true. She, she did a great job. Uh, and speaking of weather, Katie and I have some <laughs> weather <laughs> and weather adjacent Mm-hmm.
0: stories yeah dot 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 uh <laughs> <laughs> well I was just thinking okay so in the episode we do like a little or in the interview we do a little game where we're talking about like big weather events and like kind of a would you rather situation um and it just really got me thinking about like all the weather drill like earthquake drills and tornado drills that we would do in school and then I was thinking about fire drills and how we had like firefighters come to our school and tell us that we needed to come up with a plan with our families for like what you would do in the event of a house fire. And I guess I was just really, really concerned about these house fires. And they stressed it so much that I thought growing up, I thought that everyone had a house fire at some point in your life. Like at some point in your life, your house would be on fire and you would need to crawl out the window and escape. And then I rationalized it as like, since everyone has one house fire, you either have your house fire when you're a kid in your parents' house or as an adult in your house. And then that means everyone has to get married to someone who's on their same fire schedule.
1: (laughs) Okay, I just want to interject and say that this sounds like a classic rule follower conundrum. (laughs) Because Katie and I were both rule followers as children.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, it just made sense in my brain because I was like, all right, neither of my parents have had house fires growing up so that means they're gonna in their lives their house fire is an adult house fire and mine I'll be a child right because that's how everyone's gonna get covered and so then so I'm gonna have to one deal with this and then two when I grow up I will need to find a partner who also went through a house fire (laughs) as a child so that way
1: It's like, it's like you're combining the fire drill with the movie The Lobster, where they have to, like, find their animal partner yeah. or else they turn, or they have to find their partner or else they, like, turn into a lobster. Turn into an, right. Or turn into know. an animal. Anyways, yeah. that's
0: what that reminded <laughs> me of. Definitely. Similar vibe. Um, yeah. Anyway, I've never had a house fire. Um, I don't me know either. that I've even had to evacuate like I think every time that a fire alarm has gone off it's always been like a either a drill or a false alarm
1: when I was an RA I lived in the dorms Mm. and somebody the fire alarm went off but like it was because somebody burned a bag of popcorn that was like all classic a
0: lot of those that was um Was your dorm co-ed or was it all Mm -hmm. girls? My dorm freshman year was all girls. And so it was really funny uh, when the fire alarm would go off for something like that. Burnt bag of popcorn, middle of the night. And then you would see who was was staying over. (laughs)
1: Totally. Yeah, that's pretty funny.
0: Um, I have
1: a weather story. And you might remember this. I don't. I'm assuming it was like most of the Midwest. I want to say I was in like fourth grade and we got so much snow that our school was closed for like seven days. It was closed for a whole week. It was crazy. And during that, or like a couple years later, there was a similar like really crazy snow and I was visiting my aunt and uncle and they drove me Mm -hmm. they were driving me back to Lafayette where I'm from and Mm -hmm. my uncle got a flat tire in the middle of a snowstorm and I had to stand outside of the car while they changed the flat tire and then (laughs) and then when we finally made it to my parents house my parents live at the very top of this like dumb hill like it's it's Mm -hmm. it's like unnecessarily steep in my personal opinion. (laughs) So you have to get shuttled from the bottom to the top by somebody with four wheel drive or else you hoof in it. baby. So I like snow, but I definitely have some light scarring from those experiences with it.
0: That's understandable. I have like a really um, traumatic memory of when I was super super little getting like my head stuck in snow like upside down but it's it's like really specific but at the same time I was so young that I'm like did that happen
1: and then you I
0: feel like it did
1: and then you were like oh I guess you either get your head stuck in the snow as a child or it (laughs) happens to you as an adult and you have to marry somebody that also happens too (laughs)
0: <laughs> just like fire it's a song of ice and fire oh my gosh uh, totally it's a game of thrones reference i got it it just
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyways on to our random shit of the week um yes. i have a few okay i cool. ordered a Butterbell from amazon which my aunt what? that i was talking about earlier she has one and my sister-in-law Lindsay, she has one what too is, i
0: think what okay. is this
1: it's a French butter dish and it's a way okay. of keeping butter at room, or I'm sorry, ch- chilled but soft on the counter. So it looks like a little crock. And when you open it, there's a bell shape and you put, you like, put the pack the butter in there and then you fill the crock part up with water. So the water creates like a seal. And then, yeah, so, like, I like toast, or sometimes I just like bread and butter, Mm -hmm. and I like the breader, like, if you put cold butter on bread, it, like, rips the shit out of it. Yeah, it does. So I ordered one, and it came, but it's broken, so I don't know what to do. I got it from Amazon. How do you, will they, like, send me another one?
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, they will. I ordered, um... Some, so I'm trying to figure out, like, groceries here because it's just a mess. First of all, everything's crazy expensive. But on top of that, it's like, I don't know. It's You're walking everywhere. We're not – oh, my God, that looks so good. Okay, well, Amelia this is the is next thing. <laughs> up a Oreo donut? Okay.
1: So this was the next thing on my list to talk about. I didn't mean to, like, cut you off with, like, this. Oh, I was, I was just, just going to say ready. I ordered
0: – I ordered salsa from Walmart. The salsa jars of salsa came completely burst open. Salsa everywhere. It was a salsa mess. Um, but I reached out and was like, "Can I get a refund for the salsa?" And they were like, "Sure." And they refunded me for the salsa. It was very easy, and I liked that. So thanks, Walmart. You know, a lot of cool. a lot of cons there, but some pros. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> tell me about this donut. Okay, so this is It looks a, like a chew toy.
1: I know. So it's a mochi donut from this place called Dochi. And I think it's a chain. I think there's other locations, but one just opened right across the street from my office, which is like good and bad. Right. So I wanted to try them, so I got them right at the end of... Right before I came home to record with you. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And they're... They're different from other um, mochi donuts because they're fried, like a regular donut. But the shape, the shape of the donuts is like this flower shape so that you can like easily break it off and like share with somebody. So then it's like a little donut hole.
0: Nice. I
1: know, right? Do Um, you want to
0: like maybe take a picture of it? We can put it on. Sure. Yeah, I'll take a
1: picture. Insta.
0: Cool. Just so everyone can stay in the loop.
1: I'll take um, a picture. Maybe maybe not of me eating it, but like I could pose no, with just, it. Like seductively.
0: Please. And then
1: Dochi will be like, oh wow. Can you be can you model our donuts for us?
0: Yeah. Maybe ask them if they would like to endorse uh the pod. If they want to be like our first um I don't know. What is it? Ad Sponsor. Sponsor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I wanted to say.
1: Sugar, sugar Daddy? hmm
0: Literally. Because <laughs> it's like
1: donuts. I know. Because <laughs> it's like donuts. <laughs> okay. So I know you saw uh, Black Widow over the weekend. And for those of you first, like, like me, that's a Marvel movie.
0: <laughs> yes. First Marvel movie in theaters since uh, Spider-Man 2 came out. And that came out uh, summer of 2019. Oh, I just I remember because I saw it in theaters the night that I got home from Amsterdam and I was like so exhausted and Joe made me go see it with him and I was like losing my mind. But yeah, so it's been like a long time since we've had a Marvel film in theaters. Loved it. Would recommend Florence Pugh, a gem. Uh, Wait, yeah, who's two she th- in Because she's
1: not in the uh, like she's not already a Marvel character is she
0: right she plays um, Scarlett Johansson's like younger sister they're not technically like they're not biological sisters but basically that's the character is like her I see younger sister who also is like a spy situation um but she is going to be in more Marvel stuff now going forward
1: cool Um, I have a funny story about Black Widow. My very dear friend James, who is getting married to my other very dear friend, Lindsay, this weekend. um, He went to see Black Widow Mm -hmm. with our other friend. And our other friend bought the tickets, but Mm -hmm. did not tell James that he bought the tickets in 4DX, which is like 3D, except it's like wind blows and your chair vibrates and water squirts on you and for like the first 20 minutes of the movie james was like my chair kept vibrating and i was like what the
0: hell is going on oh i thought like didn't realize until he got into the theater but you're saying like did not realize until during During the movie movie. (laughs) oh my god so then at the end he was like oh okay (laughs) oh my god now. I would have been like, "Can I speak to a manager? What is going on?" There's water squirting <laughs> at me. Wow, I don't, I don't want that to be my movie experience. Like a four D X? It seems like I don't even too like three D.
1: Yeah, I prefer
0: just traditional. I'm.
1: Movies. I think I could just print you off the storyboards to the film, and you could just read them. <laughs>
0: No, I'd like to see the movie, but I don't want, I don't like any of the extra stuff. It's distracting to me. I don't, I'm not into it.
1: I'm a purist. I understand. Also, um, I did get caught up on The Bachelorette, kind of, I think. Mm. But I like Katie. I don't really Mm -hmm. like anyone else.
0: I like Michael. Yeah, he's, he's good. Uh, what, what a nice human. Um, Well, tonight's episode, which I am going to watch the minute we're done here, (laughs) um, (laughs) because it's on right now, apparently five people go home throughout this one episode. That's like Like, a lot. Yeah, but maybe they like
1: leave on their own or like.
0: No, yeah, that's what happens. Oh. Well, like, it's not all just her sending people home. I think people decide to leave, which is always very dramatic.
1: Well, also. I don't know if you watched the, like, end preview thing at the last episode. Oh, several it was just, times. Like, she was just, like, literally crying in every scene. Yeah. So I figured some mass
0: exodus happens. Yeah. It's going to be nuts.
1: Well, so. speaking of, I don't know. I was going to say, speaking of nuts, That that's not good. Um. <laughs> Well, uh, we hope you enjoy our interview <laughs> with,
0: with Anna. We gotta get better at that bridge. T- uh, yeah. To interview, we should. I feel like we should also have a signal to each other, something visual that only like a hand so only you and I know. Yeah, like a let's. How about this? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, Listen, I'm not. I'm not going to tell you what I really just did but I will tell you since I did watch the first five minutes of tonight's Bachelorette episode it's related to uh, that and <laughs> that's all the hints that I'll give you so there you go alright
1: all right. All right. Well, enjoy our interview with the lovely Hannah Strong um, and if you enjoy the episode please rate, re- review and subscribe yeah <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Hi, Katie, and welcome to our guest this week, Hannah Strong. Thanks so much for joining Woo-hoo! us. Thank you. Guys. I'm excited. I'm excited. And tell us your uh, job title, Hannah.
2: I am a meteorologist. I do it on television. I do weather on television, so technically broadcast for meteorologist.
1: I love it. That's so cool. Katie and I are very excited about this episode. I oh, yeah, we love the weather. I <laughs> highlighted a question that I like. can't
0: wait to ask. Oh, my gosh. You. And Aurelia, I have to tell you, um, I got my haircut today with our friend Brett Leedy, And uh, when I told him I was doing this interview tonight, he brought up what, what that question. He was like, wait, you have to at so... I'm not gonna no, like I'm spoil. Nervous. No, no, no! Don't be nervous. It's, it's like very low key. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm not gonna spoil it. I just, I just wanted to preface it with that. Um, yeah. Anyway, shout out Brett. Great job uh, with my hair. Okay.
1: Okay. So uh, because of your job, we came up with a "Would You Rather" weather edition. Mm So I'm going to see if it's up to you what the parameters are, like why you choose (laughs) whatever one. And there's a couple here that maybe they're not real, maybe Wikipedia made them up, but if they are real, I would love some information. Sure. Sure. (laughs) Okay. So our first one, uh, pretty standard, hailstorm versus thunderstorm.
2: Oh, thunderstorm every day. Hail is terrifying and will hurt people. (laughs)
0: <laughs> totally. Yeah, um, I stress out because I don't have like a garage at my house and every time it hails, which thankfully is not that often, but I'm like, my car's gonna die exactly.
2: or it's now stressful. I have to go replace the siding or
1: something <laughs> like that. Yeah,. <laughs> totally. Um okay, I would agree. Totally. Thank you. Um, next is heat wave versus cold wave.
2: Okay. So I'm gonna get a little sciencey here on you. The heat kills more people every year than the cold does by like a lot, a lot. And the heat is the number one weather-related killer in the United States. Fun fact, or I guess really not fun fact.
0: <laughs> that um, is, that's crazy. Wow. I'm gonna pick cold waves. Yeah. Okay. What a good yeah, me- trivia question because yeah. I would have guessed cold because I feel like you're always hearing about people like freezing to death. Like w- if in Texas, you were, we were just hearing about like, you know, mm-hmm. people didn't have heat. And so, wow.
2: Yeah, I come in handy at parties with trivia like
1: that.
0: I believe, I believe that. <laughs> I get, like, really parties. <laughs> <sorry. laughs> <laughs> um, okay, Ice Storm yeah.
1: versus Blizzard. I feel like these are both bad, (laughs) which (laughs) is why to put them together.
2: (laughs) Hmm. I think blizzard, ice is so hard to do anything with. Like you can't walk on it, you can't drive on it. You shouldn't drive in a blizzard either, but I feel like you have more options.
1: Totally. And you could like make a snowman or whatever.
0: Sure. You can't make an ice man. (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay bomb
1: cyclone <laughs> mm-hmm. that's real believe it or not okay which I, which I would like a a definition of okay versus a hurricane
2: mm. i personally find hurricanes more interesting so i think i would choose hurricane so a bomb cyclone is any cyclone that's just a big weather pattern any cyclone that intensifies 24 millibars in 24 hours which Millibar is a measure of pressure. It just has to do with how fast it strengthens. So you might hear it called like bombogenesis, fun word, means a bomb cyclone is forming. Um, but that's a real thing, believe it or not.
1: Cool, that's crazy. Yeah, I remember like I had some friends that live in New York City and like, I don't know, maybe four or five years ago they had a bomb cyclone and that was the first time I ever heard of it. Yeah.
2: The Northeast I'd say probably sees like one a year, one every other year, something like that.
1: Okay, tornado, which that's like a big thing in Indiana, we get lots (laughs) of tornadoes there, Um, versus windstorm.
2: I will choose tornado every time, as long
0: as nobody dies. Ooh, why do we hate (laughs) windstorms? Not saying, you know, I'm a fan. Why
1: do we love tornadoes?
2: (laughs) So I, I'm from Alabama. That's where I grew up and like saw weather and learned about weather and tornadoes are the most important thing you can talk about there. Like everybody has their tornado story of when they had to go take shelter in their basement or go over to a friend's house or something like that. Like that's everyone's first experience with weather. So that's what I grew up with. So that's what I feel is like a super important part of my job is talking to people about tornadoes, tornado safety, that kind of thing. So it's become my favorite thing to cover as long as I know
1: nobody is going to be hurt or no property damage, that kind of thing. Have you ever, this is like kind of off topic, but have you ever um, like done any like tornado chasing or anything like that as part of your job or for fun?
2: Oh yeah, in college, we sometimes would go chasing like our little student group in our meteorology program and a professor would lead the chase. So if there's a tornado near school, like you got actual legitimate training from really, really smart people. And wow. then sometimes when there's a tornado, um, in our area, they would send us out to go chase it for television, like to go report on it, what we're seeing, how the storm's developing, that kind of thing. I don't do that quite as often, but yes, I have chased tornadoes before.
1: That's so cool. (laughs) Not what I did in college. (laughs) Okay. This is the thing that I need you to explain to me and tell me if it's real. Okay. (laughs) NATO.
0: Sure. versus a hail glacier
2: okay i've not heard of hail glacier before but (laughs) i have a feeling i know what it is i'm just gonna spitball here so when hail falls it can accumulate like it can stack up on itself just like snow or sleet would do so i have a feeling that a hail glacier would be like hail has built up and it's starting to slide down the road that makes sense yes
1: yes i believe that's what it is i just googled it
2: What about a a gusnado? Oh gus Nado. Okay, so hmm. My job is a lot easier with visuals. So an audio medium is so interesting (laughs) to me. So when you think about a thunderstorm, it's a big rotating storm. It's not a tornado, it's not like destroying things, but the whole storm can rotate. And because of the way the storm interacts with itself, it's got warm air and it's got cold air. So at some point the cold air starts to rush down toward the ground and it's just like dumping out a bucket of water onto the ground. So like the water comes down, it hits the pavement and it just spreads out, it has to go somewhere. The wind in a thunderstorm does the same thing. So the cold air rushes down, it hits the ground. And so it's forced to rush out in all directions. So that's a gust front. And you can get little spin ups, little tiny tornadoes along that um, gust front. So that would be a gust NATO. The other thing that people talk about when they say gust NATO is when you see those little dust devils that just spin up in the middle of a field, like there's no thunderstorm or anything, but the wind has kind of swirled up some dirt. Some people would call that a gust NATO also.
1: Interesting. Just has like a fun name. It's like shark NATO.
2: Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: um okay and then I have one more okay wildfire versus dust storm Mm.
2: I think probably dust storm wildfires are terrifying
1: yes (laughs) I moved (laughs) to Denver recently and last summer through like the to the like October it was crazy yeah um I never experienced that living in Indiana so I agree
2: We don't see that kind of thing in the Midwest, but especially last year was really awful for a while. Yeah,
1: definitely. Uh, Cool. Well, I appreciate you uh, filling us in on your preferred weather, and I I definitely learned uh, a lot. Um, So whenever we interview someone, we always start off with the first question, which is what did you want to be when you grew up?
2: And I wanted to be everything. I tried everything on. I think probably my biggest dream was to be an archeologist like Indiana Jones, Sure. but I tried everything.
0: And then you just found your way into weather? Yeah, pretty much.
2: Um, So I went to college at Mississippi State, which come to find out is one of the best programs in the country for television weather, like just a wild coincidence. Um, I was really good at math and science, and so I tried to be an engineer. I tried to be a business person, and none of it worked. I tried to be a lawyer for a couple months. At one point, I just went to the Career Center in tears. Like, I need something that is challenging, that um, my brain can wrap itself around. Like, math and science is great, but I need to talk to people also. What can I do with my life? And the sweet woman there She printed out a list of every major the university offered and just said circle anything that sounds interesting and we'll try something that is just fun for once. Broadcast meteorology is a major at Mississippi State, circled that, she suggested we try it out because a lot of my credits would transfer and I loved it from the jump. The classes were fascinating. I love to be outside and so weather has always been a big part of my life anyway. And then the first time they put me on the green screen i knew like i knew this was what i was gonna do with my life it's just oh it's so fun
0: that's such a cool story i know the thing about like college is there are so many resources there that people should be using that we don't at least like i definitely didn't use as many as i should and the career office is is one of them i think so i'm glad that you went there shout out to career offices um (laughs) In your program, so did you have to take classes? I'm guessing you took classes for both like meteorology and also broadcasting. Was the, What were those classes like? Yeah,
2: that's a great question. My degree that hangs on my wall says that I have a BS in geoscience, which is super simple. But my degree program actually was a major in geoscience with a minor in communication and dual concentrations in professional and broadcast meteorology. That's my degree and it's a mouthful. (laughs) So you take all the weather programs, all the weather classes, maths, like calculus, all the calculuses you can take, plus differential equations. You take all the physics classes, you can take a couple of chemistries, um, and then the actual weather specific classes, like fluid dynamics, the kind of large scale, small scale meteorology. Um, We take radar analysis, all the weather things you can think of, plus all of the television classes. So how to report, how to run a camera, how to shoot video on all kinds of different things, how to write for electronic media, like websites or social media, how to do social media. Not an actual class, but a really big part of one of my classes. Um, And then how to stand in front of a green screen, create graphics, your weather cast and then present them to people
0: that's a lot of multitasking it is
1: (laughs) wow absolutely so do you now create your own graphics on a professional level still that's still part of your like responsibilities
2: Yeah, I think the thing that surprises people the most about my job is that I do everything. So from the forecast, the numbers that you see on television, those came from my brain. I don't get those from anyone else. I make the forecast myself and then all the maps that you see me stand in front of or point at, I've made all of those. Now, a lot of those things can update themselves, like the current temperature map. That auto-updates and thank goodness it does. But any sort of fancy map that's got fronts on it or you see stuff moving around, I drew that myself and it just helps me tell my weather story. It helps me communicate with you what's going on. Wow.
1: So after you graduated before you sort of dived into the professional world, did you have to get any additional like licensing to be a, a full time professional meteorologist? That's a great
2: question. Um, The short answer is no. The long answer is you should. So I got a job right out of college because I had a degree in meteorology. There are a bunch of different degrees you could get that would qualify you to talk about weather. I've worked with people who have degrees in math. I have worked with people that have degrees in hydrology, so just studying water or fluid. and so these professional certifications that we have just help prove to the weather community and the world that no matter what your educational background is, you have proven that you know the science and you know how to talk to people about it. So there are two big like, certification programs that exist for weather people. I'm proud to say I have both of them. It's a hard program to work through, but it really does help just kind of certify that you know what you're talking about and the people watching you can trust that you know what's going on.
0: Well, cool. so you said that you got a job like right out of college. Did you also do like, I'm, I'm assuming internships? Yeah. Internships are critical if you want to do
2: TV weather, because it's okay. so hard to learn how to do this job in a classroom. Yeah, you have to get out and sense. see what it's like. Right. So I, I did do an internship in Birmingham where my family's from that really helped me learn so much.
1: Very cool. So, uh, Give us a little bit of a rundown of what a normal day looks like for you, or, you know, maybe there are no normal days. (laughs) Your, your day is like at work. Sure,
2: Sure. Well, that's my favorite thing about my job is that I will never have the same day twice. Like it's always a new challenge. There's always something new to learn, but a typical day for me, um, keep in mind, we all work very different shifts. So one of the questions I get is how early do you have to wake up? Well, I work the late shifts, so I could sleep until noon if I wanted to, and I'm at work until 11 or 12 at night. So when I get into work, I spend about an hour or two hours, depending on how active the weather is, making the forecast. So that's why you have to go to college if you want to study the weather, is to learn how the weather behaves, how the atmosphere behaves. And then we have computer forecast models. So if you ever hear your local TV weather person, meteorologist saying, well, the model shows XYZ, it's a computer solving like millions of math equations because I don't have time to do that. So it's just solving equations to try to tell us how the atmosphere is behaving. We use all that information plus satellites and radar and current, all the information to make the forecast. Um, So that's about an hour or two. I then spend another hour or two building all the maps and graphics for television. We do a lot of work online. So I write a blog post every day, just something that's going on in the weather right now. Maybe it's like a viral video about the weather. Maybe it's an explanation of the forecast that's coming up, if that's really active. On my shift, I only do one hour of television. Some people do three, four, five hours. So then I set one hour aside for television. Everything in between is spent doing social media, pretty much. It's become a really big part of the way we communicate about the weather and connect with people. So any free time I have is spent Either checking the forecast to make sure it's updated and still correct or doing
0: stuff on social media. Wow. Um, are there different, like, you said that the computer does a lot of it with forecasting. Are there different, like, ways to forecast? Like, do people have preferred methods, <laughs> techniques? That's a great question. Yeah. So,
2: yes which is why if you turn on the local news tonight you're going to see four different forecasts from four different people one guy thinks the high is going to be 70 the next girl thinks the high is going to be 71. you know what i mean so everybody has a slightly different method of using those forecast models and all the other information we look at to make their decision like there's no formula you can just plug everything into and say okay well then the high temperature is going to be 70. so everybody's forecast is going to be just a little bit different But in the end of the day, we're all looking at the same information. So it's all gonna be fairly close to what everybody else is saying.
1: So uh, what do you like the most about your job?
2: What do I like the most about my job? I think I like that it's so challenging, but not like hard and difficult challenging, just that like it stretches you in new ways every single day, listen. If you guys look at radar, like if you open up the app on your phone and you look at the radar right now, that radar was likely created in the 80s like the radars are named 88 D is part of their name because they were created in 1988. We've only been studying the weather in this much detail since the 70s or 80s like we we are learning so much about this field still it's fascinating. So every day you can learn something new about the environment, about climate, about the atmosphere, about anything. And then how do you talk to people about that? Like the math and science I had to take to study the atmosphere is so complicated. Even someone like me who feels like they're good at math and science has a hard time understanding it. So then how can I communicate that in a way that everybody can understand and make better decisions based off that information? So it's always challenging and I can always stretch and learn a little bit. That's my favorite part.
0: Nice. I think it's so interesting because you say there's, like, so much math and science to it, and oftentimes people who work in math and science, like, are not also the best communicators. Um, <laughs> please don't. Nope, no No one just- get mad at me for saying that. Uh, but the, it's, like, the stereotype. So yeah. this is so interesting that broadcast meteorology is, like, both. Is there a non-broadcast type of meteorology for non-people? People, people? <laughs> yes, that's a great question. There are
2: so many different things you can do with a study of meteorology. So the biggest one people think of is working for the government. There's um, the National Weather Service. They're the ones who sure. issue watches, warnings, all that kind of stuff. You have to be a meteorologist to work for them. You could also work for the Hurricane Center or the weather prediction center the storm prediction center like the government has so many different offices that study the weather there's tons of career opportunities there but it's so much bigger than that you can work for a shipping company or any sort of transportation group cruise lines airlines anything like that they need to know the weather as well globally especially Um, insurance companies employ a lot of meteorologists because claims are based on weather oftentimes and they need somebody to go through the data and understand what happened so there's any number of of careers you could get into with a background in meteorology.
0: Wow, I truly had like had no idea that that was the case. I mean, I kind of guessed like, okay, maybe yeah, the government or like the weather channel. Yep. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I I would not have guessed the transportation or like shipping stuff. That's so interesting. It makes sense. Yeah.
1: Same. Um so in your experience so far, Do you think that this is a male dominated field? Are there many women? Um, What has that experience been like as a woman in this field?
2: That is a great question. And yes, fact, it is a male dominated field. We've made a lot of progress in the last like five or 10 years toward um, getting more women into the field and just a more diverse career population in general. We have a long way to go in that. We, I'm part of a group called um, Dress for STEM. STEM is the acronym, Science, Technology, Engineering, and Math. And so once a year, every year, we just talk about the need for more women in STEM fields in general. So there was some research done, I think, in 2018. So it's a little bit old now. But at the time, only 8% of chief meteorologists in the country were female. So a chief meteorologist is just the person who leads the team of whether people at at a particular TV station, 8% were women at that time. Now, I think we've made a little bit of progress since then in chiefdoms, but still a long ways to go. And not just for women, but also diversifying races that are seen on television as well as um, something we have a lot of work to do in this this particular industry.
1: Definitely. Okay. so. Here is my big question. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> this blew my mind. I saw this video on TikTok. Yes. Like I you might know what I'm about to ask. So this person was like I was today years old when I learned that when you're watching a weather forecast and someone says there's a 50% chance it's going to rain that doesn't mean that there's a 50% chance that it's going to rain. It means there's a 100% chance it's going to rain, but a 50% chance that it will be in your area. Is that true? Yes and no. Okay.
2: <laughs> so this is a longer discussion and I'm gonna preface this by saying, if you are a visual learner, I wrote a blog post about this specific TikTok video.
0: And okay, we Okay, that. Okay, yeah, we I'll can send you guys
2: that. the link to that. Don't let me forget. Okay. But here's the longer explanation. Like I said before, when I'm making a forecast, there's no exact formula of like, if this is going to happen and this is going to happen, then it means there's a 30% chance. It's all in my brain. Like it's all very subjective. So with that said, when I'm looking through the data, when I'm looking at all, what all the forecast models are showing me and what I think the forecast is going to do, I think about it several different ways. Is it going to rain at all in my area? So here's another really important point. When you're watching television, the forecast that you're seeing is not just for your home as much as we wish it could be. It's for the entire coverage area, which is usually anywhere from 15 to 35 counties. And so it's a pretty large geographic area. We have to forecast for the entire thing all in the same breath. So if I think it's going to rain anywhere in my coverage area, then we're going to put a percent in. Whether, I mean, that could be saying, I know it's not going to rain at your house. Like fact, it will not rain at your house. It's only going to rain in our northern communities. But I still have to put a rain chance in because for those people, it's going to rain. So we have to think about the geography component here. If it's going to rain all day everywhere, that's the only reason I would put a 100% chance in. Even if I know 100% it will rain somewhere, if I say 100% and it doesn't rain at your house, then you think I'm an idiot, right? That's just kind of how that works. So there are so many different things to think about. We think about the geography, we think about for how long during the day will it rain? If it's gonna rain all day long, that's more of like a 100%. If it's gonna rain for just a couple of hours, then we're looking at 20 or 30%. We also want to think about how hard it's going to rain. If it's just like like spitting, little piddly mist sort of situation, 10% easy. That's like, that's it. But if it's going to be heavy, intense rain for several hours then we're bumping those numbers up 70, 80%, something like that. We also want to think about the time of day and how it's going to impact you. So if it's going to rain in the middle of the night, only third shift workers are going to care. Everybody else is asleep. So the percent's gonna be a little bit lower because you're not gonna notice it. The majority wouldn't notice it. If it's gonna rain during the evening rush hour, I'm gonna bump that percentage up. So there are like so many different factors to think about when you're making the percentage. The short answer is yes, 50% doesn't actually mean 50%. And I'll tell you, people who forecast the weather, everybody thinks about it a little bit differently. So there are a lot of places that don't even use the percents anymore. They just put words in like, Few, scattered, isolated. I don't know that that's any more clear, but there are people completely ditching the numbers in favor of just words because the numbers are confusing in and of themselves.
0: My mind alone. Yeah, truly. <laughs> Follow up question. <laughs> so, not
1: At like my iPhone like weather thing, and I'm like on the slide that has like the geo. You know, it like knows your location. Mm-hmm that's more likely to really be the percentage of snow because it's more honed in. Is that right? Probably.
2: No, sort of. (laughs) It's It's sort of. So here's my plug for, if you like need to know weather information on your phone, I would suggest you get an app from a local TV station, wherever you live. Like this is not a plug for my app or anything like that, wherever you live, find a local station you trust instead of the preloaded app, because, when you open any weather app, if it is programmed to your exact location, you are getting forecast model data. No human has looked at that forecast information. Nobody has thought, okay, well, I know that it rained there yesterday. So the atmosphere has a little bit more water content in it. So it's more likely you'll see water today than what the model would suggest. Like no human has looked at that and made you a forecast. It's just straight computer information when you have a an app from a local television station if you set your location to like the area that that tv station covers then you are getting the human-made forecast like the person you watch on television you're getting their forecast so it's like it is more accurate we've seen that proven across the board we are making some strides with ai technology in the field that i think might prove a little bit more competitive we'll see but That's my plug for a local TV station app because you're getting a human forecast that is more accurate instead of just regurgitated computer data.
1: I had no idea. That's so interesting. Cool. Okay. Thanks for clearing that up.
2: I am here for any of your just like practical weather questions of how am I supposed to read this app? What does this mean? I'm here for all of it.
1: I have your email address now. So it's like Google look No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs)
0: <laughs> is it, Hannah, is it like hard when people get mad at you? Like do yes. people you blame at you for, you know, the weather?
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is. Honestly, I think that's the hardest part of my job is just, I don't even want to say dealing with people. That sounds like it's more of a burden than it is, but just understanding how to relate to people. So here's an example. In February, there was a lot of snow and cold, like all across the country. We had the snowstorm in Texas. We here in Louisville, we had three snowstorms come through within 10 days, which is pretty unusual for us. And I mean, you guys, on social like social media is part of my job. And you would have thought I had asked people to like sacrifice their firstborn child or something. I mean, mm-hmm. it was so sad to see just the hate that I was getting. And it's not just me, it's all of my coworkers. So I think one of the hardest parts of the job is just learning how to deal with that, how to process those comments and ignore them or respond in appropriate ways. Um, But yeah, it's really difficult. It's really difficult to manage that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, I can't imagine because like I remember growing up and there was always like the joke of, you know, like people are mad at the (laughs) weatherman. But now like people can tell you when they're mad which is frustrating um and truly anytime i mean if you want to get angry and upset like just go look at a news story from your local news station and look at the comments on like facebook it's the worst place on the internet
2: (laughs) i would agree (laughs) i would agree i mean i say this all the time everyone is entitled to their own opinion it's hard when I have to hear all of those opinions. If you're mad yeah. at me, like you're completely within your right to be mad at me, especially if I mess up a forecast. I understand that. I'm more mad at myself than you're mad at me, I promise. But that doesn't give you the right to harass me. I mean, you guys, I get death threats. I get threats of like, I don't even want to talk about that kind of stuff here. I mean, yeah. I I get some really horrible things and that's where we have to draw the line is like, there's too much communication here. If you can say those Mm -hmm. things to me without repercussions.
1: Absolutely. Um, okay. So I have to ask, do you have any like crazy weather stories or any like fun stuff that's happened on the job? Oh, I have all
2: kinds of stories. Let me think. The first one that comes to mind, I told you guys, I, I, enjoy covering tornadoes as long as no one is getting hurt or dying so in my first job i worked in northern indiana in fort wayne and we had a tornado outbreak and there was just this weird series of events that meant most of our meteorologists were out of town or unavailable there had been a death in someone's family someone else was very very sick and someone was on vacation like it just was a weird set of events and so i wound up covering that mostly by myself with one other guy kind of helping and it was so difficult I mean that's those are those career altering moments of is this the right thing for me or is it time to cut ties and I knew in that moment that this is what I wanted to do so then within a couple of days after that I went out to these places that have been hit by tornadoes to just see the damage it really helps me understand more when I see a tornado come through on radar what that actually looks like on the ground so we get a lot of comments about like, oh, you're just trying to capitalize on somebody's like worst days. It's really not about that, I promise. It's about learning, understanding why they made the decisions that they did to either take shelter or not. It's all a learning um, effort, but going out and hearing those people tell me they had watched my coverage. They had listened to my words and taken shelter and that's why they felt they were still here today. Like that gives me chills to think about. Those are the moments, that's why we do this the flip side i've lost several people they've they've lost their lives as a result of the weather i was covering and that's really hard to handle too but those are the things that make it that make it all worth it you know putting up with the comments putting up with all the weirdness is like you know you're impacting people in a big way so i think those are my favorite stories of just getting out to go talk to people hear their fascinating weather stories but also just to understand that this matters you know
0: Definitely. That's, yeah, because it really is impacting people, like, on an individual level, um, which is pretty powerful. Just kind of thinking about, like, I don't know, the stuff about the comments is, like, really sticking with me, um, especially because I was just reading an article yesterday about how it's, like, women and um people of color who are in journalism who get the highest uh rates of harassment um and the question is like kind of what what protections are there like what can be done to help with that um i don't know is that something that like you talk to your colleagues about oh all the time yeah so
2: we have a couple weather conferences every year where we get together and talk about these things it's the latest research about science but it's also just how can we be doing this better and helping each other better so a couple Mm -hmm. of years ago I actually gave a a talk at one of these conferences about this very topic that women get more direct harassment and like not just you look fat today but very threatening and very sexually explicit harassment than men do and men get it too but we just had a great discussion about how can we better support each other um, and how can our companies better support us too so Frankly, social media being as new as it is, like in the grand scheme of history, there are not many protections in place yet. The platforms are not going to help you. They're not going to delete users or delete accounts for that kind of language. I've literally sent Twitter death threats that I have received, and it doesn't violate their community standards. Facebook's the same. I mean, there's no protection for you if you choose to be on a platform.
0: From that platform. Oh no, they're much too busy like censoring photos of moms like breastfeeding, you know, the (laughs) the really offensive stuff. Bathing suit pictures and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it really is up to
2: our companies, our media Mm -hmm. companies, to figure out how to support us, and we're we're learning that right now. I mean, yeah, being required to have a Facebook page has happened within the last five years. Like to be an on-air meteorologist, now you have to have a Facebook page because it's a way to communicate with your audience. That has happened in the last five years. So we're still learning that kind of thing. But it's critical that a company recognizes you are a human being and that this hurts your spirit. Mm -hmm. I love where I work right now. And they are so good about recognizing that we are people with feelings. And there's only so much of that kind of stuff you can take. The last place that I worked was a little bit different. We were required to respond to every comment that came in every single one, even if it was just, thanks for watching, which is usually the comment, if it's something bad, that's not the case where I work now. And I'm so thankful for that because you don't have to give validation to those really awful comments. So we're learning, there are companies that protect their people, but there's a lot of progress to be made there too.
0: Mm -hmm. Definitely, thanks for sharing that. I just was really curious.
2: Yeah, I'm an open book, you guys, ask me anything.
1: Um, okay, so I am curious, I know you talked about chief meteorologists earlier, but as far as like a trajectory in this field, what is like the path to promotion? Is it moving up to bigger markets? Or is it moving within the team? Like, what does that look like?
2: That's a great question. It kind of is up to Each individual person, some people really want to wind up in a specific city. Maybe it's their hometown or where they've always dreamed of living. And so the pinnacle of their career is I just want to work in that spot. For most people, you will start by working weekends. I still work weekends and you want to work your way up to working Monday through Friday. That's like a great schedule. But I'll tell you, when you work Monday through Friday, you either have to wake up at two o'clock in the morning or you're at work until midnight. So those schedules are hard as well. Um, but to advance, you either want to get Monday through Friday or yeah, you want to work in a bigger city, which is a bigger market size. So you have more eyeballs watching you each night. Those are kind of the two main ways to progress.
1: On what size market is Louisville? Is that fairly large? We are market
2: number 50. Last time I checked, and there are about 300 television markets in the country right now. So we're definitely in the top section.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. So what would you see, like, what would your be your um, ideal sort of uh, future career, maybe say 10, 15 years from now?
2: I want to be a chief. I think that's such a fascinating role. The chief I work for here is wonderful. He's been a mentor to me and helped me learn and get better. And I want to do that for the other meteorologists in our field. I want to help mentor younger people, fine tune their craft, teach them about science and help them figure out who they are, their presentation on camera. So I wanna be a chief, I wanna lead a team and I wanna help people get better.
1: And I think women, having women as bosses is really empowering and really like inspiring. Uh, So I think that's great.
0: Uh, Speaking of like mentoring, do you have any advice for people who maybe, are wanting to get into this field or just interested in meteorology yeah that's a great question if you want to be in television
2: start with an internship most of them are unpaid so you should find a place where you already have a living situation i lived with my parents all summer because i wasn't making any money it's fine it's a summer (laughs) um but try an internship and you will learn so much about this field if you just are interested in weather in general just observe the weather. Step outside once a day, every day, and stand there for five minutes and just take note of what's happening. Is the wind blowing? If it is, from which direction? And does it feel warm or cold? And then tomorrow when rain blows in, you can connect those dots that the wind shifted. It was bringing in warmer air that felt a little bit more humid. And then the next day it rained. So then the next time you step outside and you notice that the air feels warmer and more humid, you can make a very basic forecast and say, it's probably gonna start raining in a couple of days and you'll be right. So just observe the weather. You do need some sort of formal education if you wanna do this professionally. There are plenty of schools across the country with really great programs, but especially in the Southeast, a lot of really great schools through Oklahoma, Mississippi, kind of those regions that see a lot of really impactful weather.
0: I'm saying good advice, Thanks. Yeah. I'm going to go stand outside.
1: <laughs> uh, before we go, if our listeners want to learn more about you or read some of your blogs, uh, where can they go to check that out?
2: Yeah. Thank you. I am on social media. I have Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can just search for Hannah strong, my branding in air quotes is Weather Strong. So you can also just search Weather Strong. Um, I've got a website where I do actually a lot of really fun science experiments for kids, a lot of things that are geared toward teachers who maybe are going through weather units. And so if that's something that interests you, they're also fun for grownups, let's just be honest. Um, That's all on my website, which is strongweather.com.
0: Cool. Everyone, please go find Hannah on social media and leave very nice comments. Thank you. Heart heart,
2: heart emojis
0: only. Heart (laughs) emojis.
1: (laughs) Hannah, thank you so much for joining us. We had a great time, learned a ton. Mm -hmm. Uh, We really appreciate it.
2: Well, thank you both. This has been so fun. It's been great to connect and
0: chat a little bit tonight. Absolutely. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Girls Just Wanna.
1: If you've made it this far, we consider you a close and personal friend.
0: Follow us on Facebook and Instagram, rate to review us on Apple Podcasts. Interested in being a
1: guest? Send us an email at girlsjustwanapod at gmail.com.
0: We, love, we you. love you. Bye. Bye.